0: Off the Shelf. Hello, this is Sam Blair with Church of the Geek, and today for Off the Shelf, I am reviewing Department of Truth Number Eleven with story by James Tinian IV, art by Martin Simons, and letters by Aditya Bidikar. The pandemic has been very good for the comic book industry, according to industry sales figures collected by Comicron. The sale of comics and graphic novels raked in 1.28 billion dollars in 2020 beating even the prior year's record sales. This in spite of production and distribution problems in new comics caused by the pandemic. Graphic novels especially took off in 2020, as we all had more time on our hands to read long-form stories, as well as catch up on series we had missed in the past. All in all, it's been a very good year for comics. It has been an especially good year for Image Comics. Image titles were the top three titles in Diamond Distributor's 2020 trade charts, according to BleedingCold.com. Both Invincible and The Old Guard had successful runs on Amazon Prime and Netflix, respectively. Several image titles, including Philadelphia and Decorum, have been nominated for 2021 Eisner Awards. But no title has probably had the unbridled success and buzz as the Department of Truth. In July of 2021, with only 10 issues out, Department had sold over a half million single issues. The series very quickly has earned a spot among other legendary image titles, including The Walking Dead and Saga, and has also earned four Eisner nominations this year, including Best Writer, Best New Series, and Best Continuing Series. There's plenty of good reasons why Department has done so well. The art is top notch, unnerving, evocative, and emotional. The writing is tight, although some would argue with that with this issue, and gritty. And of course, the insightful and creative way the series deals with conspiracy theories and their effect on society. Issue 11 concludes a brief arc titled The Hunt, where Agent Cole Turner's assignment is to accompany the irreverent Hawk Harrison and field agent Darla Moore on a Bigfoot hunt. Darla's main focus is on keeping wild tulpas, in this case manifesting as cryptids such as Bigfoot, in check. The department has tackled pretty significant issues in the past, flat earthers, Satanism, and mass shootings. It was only natural that Bigfoot rear its big furry head. This issue and the arc takes a quite slower and more emotionally resonant tack than it has in the past. The department has to take a hard line managing conspiracies in the wild. It's not enough to just combat and kill the fiction. To really kill the fiction, you have to kill the people who are the source of the fiction. And the department has become rather cold to this task, but not so in this issue. The arc paints a portrait of a very normal man named Evan who was drawn into a hunting Bigfoot through the desire to connect with his father and who, in turn, wants to connect to his sons in the same way. A significant part of the two-issue series is in the form of a letter to his son explaining why he hunts Bigfoot and how things in his life broke down. In contrast to others in the series who promote conspiracy theories to benefit personally or to tear down social order, The writer says that he wanted to share his love of Honey Bigfoot, quote, to show you how big and strange and wonderful the universe is. And as a parent, I totally get that. I remember taking my kids to Kennedy Space Center several years ago and practically rejoiced in the opportunity to actually see some of the amazing things that inspired my own fascination with space and science. Watching their excitement as we passed launch pads and rockets, brought such joy to my heart, and it made me feel young again. It reminded me of the awe of the universe and the insane bravery of those who chose to venture into it. A return trip this year brought all those feelings back, not only for myself, but for my sons. If there's a bone to pick with this arc, it's that it relies too much on exposition. Other critics have cited this violation of the law of show-don't-tell also. As I said, a good chunk of the issue is made up of the text of a letter, and most of the rest of the issue is an exposition on cryptids in the form of the protagonist explaining things either in coffee shops or in the woods. But it works. The letter shows the descent of the writer both in writing and in art, as the margins and spaces become more and more filled with surreal scribbles and drawings. The discussion of cryptids is interesting and enlightening. The artwork is surreal and powerful. The story told is one that many of us can in some way relate to. We all have the desire to connect and to share the things that give us meaning and joy. What happens when those things are rejected, though? If we believe in things unseen which reveal a larger world, one that is both frightening and beautiful, does that make us crazy or faithful? Faith and hope can lead us to venture past the safety of the possible to test unknown waters. That pursuit has led to amazing achievements and discoveries. However, that pursuit can also result in alienation and despair. Even the strongest faith rests on a fulcrum. John the Baptist questioned the very Christ he baptized, asking if he was the one we should expect or not. Many have asked the same question of Christ in their own hearts, even if they couldn't speak it out loud. The world is a hard place, one that doesn't cater too much to the impossible. Meaning and purpose, though, more often come from what could be than what is, at least in my view. As Thomas Merton wrote, you do not need to know precisely what is happening or exactly where it is all going. What you need is to recognize the possibilities and challenges offered by the present moment and to embrace them with courage, faith, and hope. Thanks again for listening. Remember to subscribe to keep up to date on our latest discussions and comic reviews. Leave us a review on your podcast app of choice, especially you Apple people, and share our episodes with your friends. The Geek Church's door is always open and welcomes all. You can find Church of the Geek on Twitter and Facebook, and I'm at RevSBlair, R-E-V-S-B-L-A-I-R, on Twitter as well. Until next time, watch out for Bigfoot poo and geek be with you.